0: I was juggling all these things and found that my true passion, uh, was traveling. So with that property, I put it on Airbnb that summer. Um, we have something called the Calgary stampede and I got 400 bucks a night for a one bedroom, one bath apartment. Wow. Like, How the heck did
1: cool. I just make
0: four grand in 10 days? And, uh, I didn't even do anything for it. Paid for my vacation went to Mexico with my best friend, Sean at the time. And, uh, went to Las Vegas and had some fun and whatever else. And I, uh, I fell in love with a traveling, making money online. I felt free, and I really love to accommodate people. I like to make people happy. And I wanted to be able to get into the space without having to keep buying property.
1: Hello and welcome to Trillions. I'm your host, Elise Grace, and today I'm chatting with founder of BB Concierges, Brayden Ross. Braden has over $1 billion worth of Airbnbs under management and is just 25 years old. He started by creating a TV streaming business, then a social media marketing agency. He did so well he was hand selected to work with Ty Lopez. Braden then bought his first property at 21, rented it on Airbnb, then decided he could manage other people's properties, found a business partner, and BnB Concierge's was born. On the podcast, we discuss how Braden gained over 700 properties and how he manages them and makes a full-time income from Airbnb. Listen up, Braden Ross, otherwise known as Mr. Airbnb from Canada. Welcome to the Trillions Podcast.
0: Thank you so much. I'm pumped to be on here.
1: Yeah, thank you for joining me. Um, so you got started with your whole journey with TV streaming, is that right? Can you tell us a bit about um, about Rossbox and what it was and, and how you got into creating that?
0: Mine's like a, what you just said, and this is off the cuff, but uh, the Nardwar guy or whatever, he like interviews celebrities but knows everything about them. So when he goes to interview them, <laughs> they're going like, how do you know this stuff? <laughs> I wasn't expecting you to ask that. Um, so yeah, Ross box. Uh, let's, let's rewind four years ago. So four years ago I was in university, uh, just my last year, uh, but yeah. I never finished, never got my full degree. Just what
1: there. were you studying?
0: Um, accounting. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't that exciting. Um, that's why I left. So I started a company called Rossbox. My brother showed me this little Android box he bought one day and he's like, Hey, I'm like streaming all these movies and TV shows and it's totally legal because I'm not uploading or downloading content. I'm like, you do know what happened with the LimeWire guy, right? He's like, yeah, but I'm not uploading or downloading the content. So how did like, it work? You
1: know, exactly. What's that? How did it work?
0: So how that works is they go to it without getting like nitty gritty. It basically runs on a, um, unlike an iOS device, iOS is very restrictive to only being able to download apps that are on the app store on Samsung or Android. You can download apps from anywhere on the internet. So you have these third party developers that created a a system software called Kodi, which was pretty well known, K-O-D-I, at the time. And uh, you would have these little apps built within there and those apps would scrape the internet for copies of uh, TV shows and movies and all these things. So I made sure that I was compliant and I was basically just selling the box and then people had to figure out kind of like the next steps. You can guide people, but you can't be doing it for them. Although they're not downloading or uploading, they were streaming content, um, just like I could do on my laptop. Now, is it preferred by the cable companies? No,
1: but I realized
0: <laughs> there—I realized there was a uh, a need for people to cut their cable bill um, and just work off internet, whether that's Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, whatever that is, whatever is out there. It's just like people want a variety without having to pay a lot for their cable. So, started Rossbox, started in my parents' basement, <laughs> yeah. and um, I started learning how to. Uh, develop what are called repositories, and these are like little apps in the Android system. I knew nothing about coding, developing, so it was really boring to learn. And as it started to develop, and I started to learn how how the system worked, um, I could actually sell a product. So I buy these boxes at the time. I didn't have enough money to buy from like Alibaba and private label them or anything like that. So I went to Amazon, um, and I tried to be clever with it. I found these boxes that said box on it. I was like, shit, that's box It's that's close cool. enough. Yeah. So I bought, an R, I bought an R box and I started learning the different uh, softwares and what was good and what wasn't. I did not have any money for Facebook ads, Google ads. I knew nothing about it. So I hopped on a local buy and sell group uh, that was like full of like moms, basically. Um, they're stay-at-home moms because I knew they talked the most. And I would basically book appointments for obviously what a lot of the guys in the area. Uh, they're married to like oil and gas guys. So they're stay-at-home moms. They want TV for their kids. And i'm like okay let's do free demonstrations so i'd hop over to people's houses drive over there in my little 2006 kia rio at the time which blew up on the road anyway um <laughs> and uh and i would do free demos in their houses and at the end i would sell them on the box hey did you guys like it this is how much it is like I'll you be a deal um so they get a keypad and then the box and it was like 200 bucks and my cost on that was like 80 bucks and so i realized really quick e-commerce was one way that i could make money and that took off over the summer uh, my car did blow up so i was Bike riding around with a backpack. Oh my for,
1: God. <laughs> yeah.
0: And so, long story short, saved up some cash and bought my first property um, that following January.
1: And how uh, old were you when you bought that? What's up? How old were you when you bought your first property?
0: Three, that was three and a half years ago now. So, um, I'm only 25 right now. So, oh, crazy. <laughs> I was like, well, I was like, I was actually 21. I was just turning 22. So, yeah, basically, three and a half years ago. Uh, four years ago, roughly, and I put it on Airbnb that following summer, and uh, the rest is history with that. So, it uh, there was some intermediary things that I was doing. You know, social media marketing I came across a Ty Lopez ad, like everybody else.
1: I love Ty. Like, I loved Ty like three, yeah. four years ago. I was a over it.
0: Yeah. So I didn't know who. He, like honestly, I didn't know who he was. He released sixty-seven steps in like 2015 um, yeah. during Halloween, and like. Then he came up with SMMA, and SMMA was his biggest program. Like, there's over 50,000 students that came through there. And um, I remember, I'm like, "Okay, this is something I want to do: social media marketing." I already am on social media, and business owners want this. Hmm. I was running Ross Fox. I'm like, "Let's do another business at the same time." So I started it, and my first client was my mom's boss. She actually works at a dental clinic, um, and uh, and basically her boss owns three dental clinics. So I said, "Hey, Jeff." Can I do your SEO? I didn't even know what the hell SEO was at the time. Can I do your SEO? Can I do your social media uh, management? And can I do your videography? Any Everything I could do. And so I learned fast that I could outsource a lot of the work that I didn't need to uh, learn how to do. I didn't really want to be doing like SEO and email marketing, all that Were stuff.
1: Were you doing so. all the videos yourself or did you outsource that right away?
0: I had a friend in, in town that would help me out with that because I wasn't a yeah. videographer either. So a lot, It's a that.
1: lot of work too, to do all of what you just said away yourself. Yeah.
0: I learned that the hard way. So I basically... Yeah, I signed a $35,000 deal in my first week of doing SMMA Um, and it was like life-changing for me because I never made that much money Um, and that was for three months for three clinics at the time Um, and so I was like, holy cow, like what do I do with this? So I found a team of guys on Upwork to help me with a lot of digital marketing and uh, they basically took half the amount um, but got everything done in terms of the SEO and email marketing and pretty much everything digital. So I wasn't doing very much. I realized I could delegate everything, make money. Um, and get good results and keep the client happy. So I kept expanding the SMMA business, but found that I wanted to brand myself other than others. Um, and so that's where I went. And I was actually, I was, I was juggling a lot of things like a, a new entrepreneur. I was doing like my Ross box. I had my SMMA. I was investing in Bitcoin. I was doing Bitcoin mining. Um, and then I also was doing fit. I was super into fitness. I was like, it was competing back in the day, like roughly. Nice. Well so I was really into fitness. I don't know what happened now, but, um, <laughs> back then I was like, I was super into it. And so I was juggling all these things and found that my true passion, uh, was traveling. So with that property, I put it on Airbnb that summer. Um, we have something called the Calgary stampede and I got 400 bucks a night for a one bedroom, one bath apartment. Wow. Like, How the heck
1: Cool. Did I just make
0: four grand in 10 days? And, uh, I didn't even do anything for it. Paid for my vacation, went to Mexico with my best friend, Sean at the time. And I uh, went to Las Vegas and had some fun and whatever else. And I, uh, I fell in love with a traveling, making money online. I felt free and I really love to accommodate people. I like to make people happy and I wanted to be able to get into the space without having to keep buying property. Cause I was like, shoot, I spent all my money on buying, uh, putting a, a deposit on this first property and I really had nothing left. So I was like, Hey, well I got to build up again and again and again. What if I just rent a property off somebody? I find it on Rentfast or Kijiji or Facebook Marketplace, and I just get their permission to re-rent the property on Airbnb and give them like a ten percent revenue uh, yeah. increase on whatever I pull in. So I got my first client like two weeks after thinking of that idea when I came back in July.
1: And and uh, the did, he or she agreed to renting you the property to do Airbnb. Why wouldn't they just do Airbnb themselves?
0: They were an they were a real estate investor. They had multiple properties. Um, so they were just too busy and they didn't want to deal with like the headache of having to deal with the customer communication, the cleaning delegation. If there's a dispute, they don't want to deal with that. There was like, I-, I want this hands off. Just pay me my 1650 a month and then pay me 10% on whatever revenue you bring in. So if you bring in four grand, I get an extra 400. So it made mm-hmm. sense. And so I did that. I was cleaning the Airbnbs myself for like yeah. a good year. And, um, and then what happened was, uh, they were keeping track. I didn't read the bylaws. I was in a condo. And uh, they're keeping track of all the times that my guests came in and I get a call saying, Hey, we're like, we're going to find you $200. Every time we found a guest coming in, Aww. you're not allowed to Airbnb in this building. So it was a $5,000 fine, lost my security deposit, paid the 5k, got kicked out of that Airbnb and um, and then wanted to really remap how I did everything. So I started partnering with homeowners rather than renting them. And uh, and then everything kind of took off from there, but uh, more or less, uh one of my biggest things that helped me was transitioning i wouldn't say i transitioned fully out of smma um but i spent more time building my own brand because i could see in 2017 that personal brands were super super important looking at ty lopez as mm-hmm. an example grant cardone and gary b um they all started building up their personal brands i'm like these guys could sell everything from shoelaces to whatever they want to say people are yeah. gonna listen i'm like the guy with the attention or the female with the attention is going to be the one that people are actually going to listen to. And so I'm like, okay, well, let's do this. So I started literally every day um, following and unfollowing, commenting and uh just reaching out to people in my industry. And so I had I have another account on Instagram. Ibraid and Ross. So I built that one from 0 to seventy-four thousand followers or something. Um and then I have the Mr. Airbnb one, which actually started as a travel luxury page because I found that people want to follow something get free information and be in, like engulfed in that like I don't know, that space where I don't have to sell them anything. They're not watching a person. They're just enjoying looking at pictures. And like, mm. I started it that way. And yeah, I got it to, um, up to 100K and then I kind of switched Mr. Airbnb onto it. So there's a lot more details in between, but like, yeah, it's, it's yeah. super.
1: So yeah. how did you transition out of the um, SMMA? Did you, um, and for anyone who's listening who doesn't know what that is, the Social Media Marketing Agency. So uh, obviously a lot of work goes into it. You, you're juggling um, the Airbnb on the side and Bitcoin and, and your personal life. Um, and then you've got the Social Media Agency where you're you're trying to manage um, VAs, helping you doing the work and managing and interacting with the clients. How did you transition out of that? Did you sell it or did you just kind of let it fizzle out?
0: I didn't sell it, Um and the reason why is because I, w- I was, I'm pretty much in, I'm still a new entrepreneur I'd consider. I mean, I'm only four years in full time being an entrepreneur like this. So, um, yeah. it, it more so turned into, um, I basically gave it over to another marketing company, which I take like a royalty from. Um, and, uh, they just take care of the client for me cause I wanted to spend more time building my own brand. So I started doing that. Um, but one key component that helped me, um, was actually getting like recognized by Ty. So Ty Lopez. Um and Yeah, that, how did that happen? Yeah. So this is how it happened. Um <laughs> GrowthCon too. Um I'm traveling around and I'm in like Miami, Bahamas. I'm just traveling by myself, New York. And then I my friend's like, yeah, come over to Las Vegas I'll get you the ticket to GrowthCon. Oh, sweet. So we go to GrowthCon. This is 2018 and is in Mandalay Bay. And uh, I wanted to go meet one person that was Ty. And he I watched him speak on stage and um, Naveen Jain was speaking all these great speakers and Ezra Firestone so it was really cool to see all these successful people but um, I walked out I was tired I was going back to my hotel and uh, I see this crowd of people He's, this guy has a hood on Um, And then there's this like really, really big black guy. And that's I'm like, shit, I think that's Rome. So Rome's his bodyguard um, at the time. And then I see like these two other guys like uh, filming some funny skits. And I'm like, that guy's Ginger. I think that's Zach. I think that's his friend. So Zach's like his best friend that he grew up with. And he works with Ty. So like, holy crap, that's Ty. So we, yeah. I'm talking to Gary Cardone, which is Grant's brother. Um, we were in, near the poker room. Like, holy cow, that guy looks like Grant. So I walk up to him. Like He's like, no, I'm Gary. I'm like, okay.
1: <laughs> he probably gets and, that all um, the time being his twin. Yeah,
0: yeah. So I was like, oh, nice. So we start talking a little bit. I uh, turn around, I see Ty and I'm like, okay, hey, nice meeting you basically. And I walk over, uh, my friend pulls out his phone. My phone was dead at the time and starts interviewing Ty, just asking him questions about his success. And then I was like, hey, Ty, like I made like 35 K and you're my first week of doing your social media marketing agency. And um, it's actually on my Instagram and my highlights that exact video yeah people around us. And, uh, and then he looked back and I'm like, Oh shit, he noticed. <laughs> and then he, uh, he pulled out his phone. And he's like, Hey, can you say that again? Cause it's obviously good for his own promotion.
1: Yeah. testimonial he his
0: phone um, And he's like, can you repeat what you said? And so I said it again. Um, and then he put it up on his Instagram uh, and his Twitter and his Snapchat that night. And people were like blowing me up. Like, Hey, you're on Ty Lopez's uh, yeah. his social media, and like that's crazy, man. And uh, I was like, oh, that's sweet. But as we were walking, um, his manager Alec uh, was like, hey, like we want to use you as a testimonial. Uh, what's your email? So I give him my email. I'm like, this guy's never gonna remember me. Um, so he takes down the email. I don't hear back from them for like a good year. The year goes by, and I'm just laying in bed um, on a Sunday night. And I see Ty walking with this other guy in, in London. You're watching, like, his, well, you're watching on his.
1: Were you watching on his Instagram?
0: Yeah. yeah. Cool. I so I comment, uh, he, on this guy's video that he's like, Hey, this guy's making six figures a month from my SMMA program here in London. I'm like, Hey Ty, do you remember me from GrowthCon last year? And then I wake up the next morning and I'm like, Kate, hey, this is weird. I have a message from Gary Vee's team and Gary V as well as Ty Lopez and his team. I'm like, how the heck did this happen? Like what's going on? Yeah. So Ty's team's like, Hey, like we remember you from last year. Ty noticed your comment. He wants to fly you out to Beverly Hills tomorrow. I'm not from any of that sort of stuff. Like I grew up like totally normal. So like, this is amazing. Like Beverly Hills
1: where all the celebs live, right? Yeah. Yeah. All the
0: celebrities live there. So um, then I checked my other message and I got a team uh, or a message from team Gary V and Gary Vaynerchuk. And is just saying, Hey, we're looking for like, uh, ambassadors to help with our like shoe branding for the K Swiss thing, and like we noticed you, and we want to be able to send you product, and just want to welcome you in and sort of think If you're open to it, I'm like this is awesome. Like getting noticed. Um, that same time, I had sent Elena Cardone um, a message saying, "Hey, can you thank Grant for like helping me uh, kind of get to that next level and entice me to actually start doing not just coaching but building my my businesses more?" And I'm like Grant will never see this, and so. I had a shout out from Grant that same day. It was like crazy. So this is all on my Instagram too. You can see it in my highlights. Yeah. Um and basically, um, I was out in LA the next day. Um, and they ask a lot of questions like when you're working with Ty, he makes you take a personality quiz first. So you have the hexaco, Dark Triad, Myers Briggs, all built into one personality uh test. So you're not just like some weird. So it's custom,
1: custom test.
0: Fully custom, yeah.
1: Cool.
0: And um and basically, I took the test. They said, your, your results came back fine. Then I had to go get a CPA letterhead to show that I actually made the money that I said I did, um, yeah. so it wasn't a lie. Um, then I had to pull out the contracts um, and uh, and basically show that, yeah, this is actually the client and get the client's number so they could verify that what I was saying was true.
1: Imagine and if then, you yeah. had lied. Like it, it, This goes to show that it's good not to um, exaggerate or inflate your results because you could get these opportunities and you think, yeah, I'm onto a winner. I'm going to meet Ty and I've bullshitted my way there. And then you get, you get busted. That would be more embarrassing than if you hadn't met him in the first place.
0: And there's a few guys that do that, um, Mm -hmm. that come through and try to like become a coach, but they reach out to their team and like, they don't pass, like not all the the boxes check off. So it's just kind of embarrassing. Um, But yeah, I got there and we filmed SMMA and it was awesome just meeting the team. uh, made very good friends with his mother actually and uh, we were just like talking about like healthy foods all night just making food and stuff it was super cool and then Alex Mayer was there met Dr. Alex I didn't really know him at the time so he's like hey you want to get on this mentor box thing later I find out mentor box is like an awesome company yeah uh, and so uh yeah we filmed SMMA and while I was filming SMMA I said hey guys like my main passion is Airbnb I'm filming social media marketing for lead gen here but like you should think about rental arbitrage. Like, what is that? And so some of his team members went and got some Airbnbs in LA and then that following January, I get a call back and Alex like, Hey, we, we interviewed 37 other Airbnb hosts that have more properties than you. Um, but we really liked your teaching, our teaching style. And uh, I'd like to uh, bring you out to New York. Ty just moved there and he wants to film an Airbnb course. So we created cool. the home sharing management company course um, came up with the name over sushi. Basically we didn't know what to call it, We're like SMMA HSMC. So just
1: <laughs> yeah, so, uh,
0: that's it. That's the whole story, and yeah. So what cool. happened?
1: What happened with Gary Vee? So, um, did he did he see your comment with with Ty or something?
0: No, he um, he just stumbled across me. I don't know how that happened. It was just one of those uh, coincidental things. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just on an airplane runner. That's okay. Uh, coincidental things that just happened. So, um, yeah, no, it's, is super exciting just for me because I'm I'm from Canada, so it's not like I find a lot of like these major influencers and in quotations or people that are like online online are all from the United States, I feel like a lot of them. Yeah.
1: Are. A lot of them. Yeah. Even even I'm from Australia and a lot of the the cool guys, the cool kids um in online are, are from the US. But you know the US is um is the incubator for these types of companies, uh social media companies. So they get online earlier and they can build their followings earlier. And I think it's just a bigger country, like bigger population. So
0: Yeah.
1: Um that's only yeah, natural. That's-
0: yeah i know it's 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 nice being around that like those kind of people but of course like just in california there's more people that live in california than all of canada so there's there's way more opportunity there and especially with what i'm doing now i've come so so i could say so far compared to like when i rented that first property and got fined from that one homeowner this association and to where everything's at now um teaching all these people that i've taught but actually spending more time on the business than actually teaching I yep. love teaching because I can share what I'm doing. There's nothing worse than listening to a teacher that doesn't actually do the business.
1: Yeah, right? I agree. It's like, um, would you take advice from a doctor who smokes cigarettes or would you listen to an overweight PT? So um, it's cool. definitely yeah. important, I believe, to listen to people who have the results you want. Um, it's like, you know, your financial future depends on who you take advice from. If you, yeah, if you want to live like a king, then you need to go and find that king and and follow in their footsteps, find that mentor. So we're in, yeah. the present, we're in the present now. We're, we're talking to, to Brayden in 2020. Um, so where, where you're at now, you're managing a bunch of Airbnbs. You're not doing SMMA anymore. Um, do you get royalties from TIES courses Like since you helped film, film them?
0: I'm under I, – I can't actually tell you that. Oh. But, yeah, it's, it's kind of like
1: – It would be cool if you did. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we sign, we sign agreements, right? Like there's only so much we can say. But, yes, if you, if you have some sort of like upsell, which I did at one point, I've taken it out of the course. So I had my Airbnb coaching as an upsell within the HSMC. And so there would be some sort of JV that way. Yeah. Um, of course they pay for your flights, your food and coming out and spending money and all that stuff. But, um, yeah, there, there is, if you have an upsell, typically a kickback that way, I don't know about all the other coaches and whatnot from like Stephen loud to, um, even I brought in Brian page. He's also an Airbnb person. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, they do, people get kickbacks depending on what agreement they have specifically with type.
1: Yeah, cool, cool, cool. So what? So what are you doing now? So how many Airbnbs do you have under management? Um, and how did you build up to that? Like you said, did you do you now partner with the owners themselves? So you do, you talk to the owners directly? And if so, how? Because in Australia, we um, a lot of owners don't want to deal with civilians. They want uh, you know real estate companies to manage the properties for them
0: hundred percent. No, I know. I know the struggle. There's a lot of gatekeepers and that's usually the first question. Um, Well, where everything's at now, um, like I've taught thousands of people in the Airbnb space. Um, You know, I have my BNB PhD. I'm working relentlessly at coming out June 2nd, um, which is just like an eight week thing. So anybody can kind of learn, you know, BNB
1: PhD. Is that from Airbnb?
0: (laughs) Is that that something you offer? What's that?
1: What is Airbnb PhD?
0: No, B so B and B, I created a, a course, a, a coaching program called BNB Masters last year. And I thought, school, well, what's the highest level in school? What's catchy? BNB PhD. So I'm like, I'm gonna show people not just how to rent property and get owners' permission, but how to actually partner with homeowners, boutique hotels, corporate yeah. housing companies, and pretty much everything you could think about. And so that's what it is. BNB PhD is like the more advanced uh, version of
1: Okay, cool. So um so that's your school that you're you're helping other people do what you've done which is really awesome that you you're giving them your secrets cuz that's rewarding as we discussed before the podcast but um um yeah i guess like how many properties do you have now under management? Yeah. And and what kind of dollars are you generating through Airbnb?
0: Totally. Yeah, and I'm 100% transparent with this stuff because like people just are scared to talk about taxes and money a lot of the time too. Um and so how this works how this flowed into it was i had this student his name is Otis and uh otis is older than me he's i think he's like 43 he's probably gonna kill me if he ever hears this <laughs> uh, and uh and he's like i'm really into this i could tell he was keen he's also from canada the other side in oakville in ontario near toronto and he's like i want to work with you but i want to show you kind of like what i can do if i can bring in some people I'm like, Hey, I don't want to buy properties right now. I don't want to rent properties. I don't want any sort of liability or risk. I just simply want to partner with companies or homeowners. I'm like, if you can make that happen, great. So he ends up uh, reaching back out to me early December. And he's like, Hey Braden, I got a company interested. Um, they're in St. Bart's. I'm like, I have no idea what St. Bart's is What's St. Bart's he's like, it's near the British Virgin islands. I'm like, okay, but I don't know what St. Bart's is. He's like, it's a little Island. It's like a celebrity hideaway. Um, Grant Cardone, Kevin Hart, and uh, actually Jeff Bezos went there last year and took a vacation. I'm like, okay, well that's probably why I never heard of it because you know, that's the 1% of the 1%. So I'm like, these houses must be pretty expensive. He's like, yeah, you know, honestly, most people could probably go there. It's like, starts at five grand a week, but goes all the way up to a quarter million a week. So I'm like, wow, that's very expensive. So he's like, I got a company interested, but I need your help. I need you to hop on a call. I'll make a PowerPoint. Um, I created a company called BNB Concierges. I want you to be the co-founder Companies at zero properties at that, or sorry, one property in Oakville uh, at that point. Yeah. Uh, then he got a second one, and then we really wanted to go big. So I'm like, well, he's like, I don't understand how the systems work on the back end. For anybody listening, um, the systems that we use are called Guesty. So Guesty is an all-in-one automation platform that allows you to write your customer reviews, your guest check-in, check-out, as well as cleaners' delegation. So you yeah. can automate like 90% mm-hmm. of your business using just this software. Cool. So I said, Otis, we need, if we're going to get these people on as a client, if they're interested, um, they're probably not going to sign on for 30%, probably not even 20, but maybe 15. And we could see because what they've done, um, and our partner is actually, uh, they, they have, they're like the biggest people in St. Bart's. They have 230 properties and, um, that's how we got to a billion dollars under management very quickly. So we ended up getting a partnership deal. I hop on the phone with the owners. We're going back and forth for a good month. And, uh made sure the contracts made sense. And so we, they said, we'll give you 230 properties. My no brainer offer was we will not charge you any setup fees, legal fees. We're also not going to charge you any ongoing fees. It's not like social media marketing. All we're going to do is just drive reservations to your open days that you guys aren't booked out. Mm -hmm. And we're going to only take 15% and give you 85%. And we'll give you an additional 10% on top of that, which we just charge the Airbnb guests anyway. Yeah. So I said, okay, well, what if we could put you on every major short-term rental platform that you're not already on, um, or maybe you're not on any. Which happened, so happened, they weren't on any. They were just exclusive to their own website, and uh, and we could get you more bookings. And like I said, we're we're not looking for exclusivity. We're not looking to just take your properties from the homeowners that you have agreements with. You guys have been around for 25 years. We're not looking to do that. We're just looking to bring you more business. So it's like, yeah, why not? We have nothing to lose. So. We actually spent the last five and a half months, like we just launched all those 230 properties yeah. building out uh, a system. We hired a developer that worked within Guesty um, and then he would actually take, and this is a little more advanced, but he would take their custom website that would talk to Guesty. Guesty's is like the hub, the nuclei that talks to something called Rentals United. Rentals United is the platform that allows you to put your property on VRBO. Away, Expedia, Airbnb, and all the other platforms. Yeah. So this system talks to this system that talks to this system that talks to all the other systems. <laughs> and so when they get a booking through their reservation system, we had to think about this for so long, their reservation system, it automatically blocks off the days on all the platforms that we're using. And then anybody who books through us, they send a reservation request and an email gets sent to our partner and they accept the reservation and block off the day on their calendar, which in turn accepts the reservation here. So yeah. It's called a one-way API. A two-way would automatically do it. So we had to figure out this whole jigsaw puzzle that I've never seen anywhere online. And most people just go, go rent a property, get the owner's permission, make anything over what you're paying in rent. And that's your profit. It's a very yeah. simple. Business model. Yeah. And so we actually just launched all 230 of those properties last night. So out of the, the, the test that we did with 11 properties, um, we had a, if I actually pull it up. I think it was $18,000 reservation um, within the first like 10 minutes. We're like, holy cow, I think we have something here. So we would take 15% of that. Guesty actually has a 24-7 communication service. And no, I'm not paid by Guesty. I'm not an affiliate. Um, They're just a great platform. They have a 24-7 communication service that allows you to be completely hands-off. Customer needs anything. You train the VAs that work within Guesty to answer all questions. If the reservation is above ten grand, but they want to bring a pet, what do we do? Yeah. What happens if they lose the key? Where's the spare key? Things like that.
1: Yeah. So they
0: take care of all that for five percent and we take ten percent and that would be our profit. So we'd make eighteen hundred dollars on a one week stay that eighteen K is for one week.
1: Yeah. And so times
0: that by two hundred and thirty properties, our cheapest property is five thousand. Everything's in US dollars too, so it's a lot better for us Canadians. And then our highest one is two hundred and seventy-five thousand for the week. So we're like, hmm, we finally have something up. It's actually brand new with what we're doing there. Um but for the most part we just signed another partnership deal with a company in Ibiza Ibiza, I know it's Bifa whatever. Um, <laughs> I thought but, it was Ibiza from Ibiza, the song Ibiza. Uh, yeah so we have 230 with uh, St Barts we have 187 uh, plus another 50 that are exclusive that can't go on Airbnb so that's 237 uh, in Ibiza Ibiza I don't even care <laughs> everybody's going to everybody says it differently and then we have some in Cabarete and Punta Cana I think we have 32 properties there Uh, with a company um, called Seahorse Ranch that's one of our partners
1: cool Um,
0: and then we are about to sign 87 units in a boutique hotel um, in Brazil we uh, ended up bringing on some guys that do basically sales with us and work off a commission because there's more money in the long run for them anyway
1: yeah so So, you've got you got a bunch of properties all around the US and Canada is that right
0: Actually, I used to have, uh, we used to do some, a lot of them in southern part of US, like Orlando, Tampa, um, Miami, that kind of area. Um, But actually, no, most of our properties, we specialize in villas and luxury boutique hotels. Mm -hmm. And we deal with like the Caribbean islands. Um, We we have 50 in Italy right now as well. All around,
1: Um, all around the world.
0: All around the world. We want to be as international as possible. We're about to sign another uh, 125 uh, tomorrow. So that means Uh, that you
1: can travel and, and it's all tax deductible.
0: Yeah, it is. But either way, you're asking for exact numbers. So I'm going to give you a little bit of a range, but, um, I also personally work with a boutique hotel, um, in Edmonton and they have a a sister hotel in Squamish Valley, which is near Vancouver. Mm -hmm. And so, um, combined, I'm going to say somewhere over the 600, 700 unit mark. Um, and so in terms of like revenue on something like that, because the operation is so new, um, I'm going to give an easy example for people that maybe just want to get involved with Airbnb on the one bedroom, one bath, the one here in Calgary, for example, um, that property is consistently done 45,000 to 52,000 in that range every year for the past like three and a half, four years. And so um, my costs on that property are about 22,000 a year, including Mm -hmm. tax. So I put about 15% aside for tax. Of course, sometimes can be higher, but I deduct everything because I put everything through my company.
1: Yeah, And cool. so
0: people go, well, do I need multiple LLCs or corporations? No, you can run this through one corporation. If you're buying property, it'd be a little bit different. Yeah. Um, but to make a doctor's wage on Airbnb, if you're doing the rental arbitrage model, so I rent the property, I pay rent, and anything over that is my profit, is usually about five units, to be yeah. honest. That's I've, done, 100% I've,
1: I've done that before. I used to live in an apartment that was highly desirable, like for for weekend stays. Um, it was like 58th floor, so it was really high up. View yeah. of the city, and um, and I would I would rent it out on on Airbnb on the weekends, and I would take off to a friend's place for a couple of nights. <laughs> it was yeah. awesome. Pay my and whole week. The
0: owner didn't care. He's just like whatever.
1: I didn't tell the owner.
0: <laughs> didn't find so out. Hey? It's
1: probably illegal, but um, oh uh, yeah, no. yeah,
0: it's definitely illegal if you don't. The, or- the
1: owner was getting his rent paid, but um, yeah, it was early Airbnb days, and I thought, well, not early, early, but I thought this Airbnb things so cool. I want to try it out. So. Yeah, it was, um, it was awesome.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, what, that's what a lot of people are doing. Honestly, most Airbnb hosts don't own their property. It's a lot of renters that simply don't even ask their, their uh, landlord. Or yeah. if they do, they later get their permission after they find out. I've had some students that didn't tell the landlord and they ended up getting evicted. Um, but realistically, what they're doing and the actual term for it is called a master lease agreement. Where they're giving you full permission to re-rent that property. Yeah. Some people may consider it a sublease. It's actually technically not a sublease because it's like me staying at a hotel and saying, "Am I actually subleasing this room, subletting it? I'm yeah. not signing any sort of lease agreement or tenant undertaking form. Yeah. So
1: the just, guest is not. You're just staying it's not there. my guest.
0: It's Airbnb's guest.
1: Yeah. I could have done it privately and just and just found a guest privately, but obviously I used a, a global platform because it's a much better way of finding the guest. But um, I think Ooh. it's awesome. I think I think these um these businesses that have no inventory um, uh, are really changing the world, like Uber, Airbnb, Amazon. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's really incredible how the internet's changing things.
0: Yeah. hundred percent. I don't know if you've heard of it, but there's a new one called parked P A R K D and they're uh, they're renting out parking stalls. Cool. So... There's
1: plenty of those. I think Australia actually has some of the most expensive parking in the world. Uh, I think um a day or even a few hours in parking in the city here is, is 70 australian dollars how much 70 seven zero <laughs> it's crazy Gosh. um but yeah and then and then street parking is anywhere from like two to two to five dollars an hour and you yeah. just put the coins in yeah
0: that's like us yeah
1: yeah so um so you can, you can choose whether or not to answer this or not, but I saw in, I saw somewhere I was researching you. You wanted to be a millionaire by 25. Um, did you achieve your goal?
0: (laughs) Yes, I did. Awesome.
1: Virtual (laughs) high five. five. That's awesome.
0: Um, yeah, last year was my big growth year. Um, the pace I was on and and I'll be transparent. Like the, the, the pace I was on, uh, in my first two years wouldn't have made me to that level. Um, but you know, a lot of people consider themselves millionaires if they made a million in revenue. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like a million, like net. net worth. Income. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'm not talking just cash in the bank. None of that, because a lot of millionaires they'll spend their money and invest it in assets that make them money. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I achieved the goal. Um, you know, I always had this thing in my mind where I, when I was a kid, I'm like, I want to live downtown. I want to be in a high-rise apartment. I want to drive a cool car, and I just want to be this awesome, like businessman. I'll even dress up. And then as you get older, you're like, you know, it's not as, as, as straight lined as you thought it would be. Um, but what really helped me catapult was actually, um, pushing all the bullshit aside and like actually just focusing on my craft, focusing on Airbnb. And like, I labeled myself as the Airbnb guy, not the Forex or any other sort of person out there. I'm Airbnb. So I got into it. I did it heavy, um, and last year uh, was a great year. Um, but I want this year to be even better. It didn't start as good as I thought it would. Yeah, my industry is heavily affected. I think. Um, I think.
1: Cool. I think the the slingshot back from what's happened there will be really awesome for Airbnb. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, I also just want to go back to fo- to what you said about focus because I think a lot of entrepreneurs, and you know, even yourself, you said you were doing multiple things. You were you were doing the SMMA bitcoin um airbnb you had your fingers in multiple pieces of the pie and you weren't really you weren't really like getting there and it wasn't Mm -hmm. until you you cut the crap and you um it wasn't crap but you just focused and honed in on airbnb which was obviously what you really enjoyed that that really has helped you um propel you know and create a great future for yourself
0: yeah yeah honestly how did you so
1: so? I guess like for, for some people, they may be wondering why did you choose Airbnb instead of SMMA or instead of focusing on Bitcoin.
0: Don't get me wrong, honestly, I love. Um, I think online marketing is so fun. Like I have uh, Russell Brunson's new book in front of me, Traffic Secrets. Yeah. Um, and I read that like it's a religion, and so you know what people consider the Bible to them, like marketing is kind of like my Bible on the back end. And yeah. so learning how people under, like work, you know, your cognitive biases and understanding funnels and all these great things, um, it's like a game to me, but a game that I know I can actually impact with. And so why did I give up SMMA and do Airbnb? Um, a, because I wanted to spend more time building my own brand. And I felt I was really uh, consumed by building other people's brands that I couldn't spend the time I actually wanted, um, even if I was delegating. Uh, the clients always want your attention especially doing marketing in most marketing agencies there's high turnover rates because what the market the client expects versus what the marketer is saying a lot of the time doesn't meet Mm. and so um that wasn't the case with me it was more so of a case like hey guys i've done what i need to do with you i learned um now i'm going to spend the time and invest in my own brand um and and honestly airbnb um, I just remember being like a little kid and like loving going to hotels and jumping on the bed and wanting to go swimming and all these great things. And so when I, I think of Airbnb, it allows me to be like my mini hotel, like have many hotels anywhere I go. Um, and I think it's fascinating saying, you know, at 25, I don't need to be a billionaire to have a billion dollars under management in Airbnbs. Mm. And so I can take my cell phone and build an Airbnb business and it's crazy. And that's not, not a lie. Like I can do everything from this phone. Um, and I can connect with the people I want. And one of the most utilized, uh, tools that I think people just aren't using the little brother of the social media world is LinkedIn. People aren't using LinkedIn. And that's what really created a lot of my success was just connecting through LinkedIn with the decision makers and not waiting on these B2B connections through Instagram. Yeah.
1: And also when uh, when you're approaching hotels and managers and, and, uh, receptionists and things like that, there's a good way to bypass them as well. And, A lot of people ask me, Brayden, like, how do you get these amazing guests on your podcast? Well, I'll tell you how I got Brayden. I messaged him on Airbnb and I said, hey, I like what you're doing. And we had a bit of a chat and and we hooked up a meeting. Like, um, I think people are really afraid to ask and they're trying to conceptualize every step of the way rather than just stepping the steps and seeing what happens. Um, And I I think like as you go higher, it gets scarier to take steps, but it's important just to keep stepping forward and learning as you go. Um, to yeah, to progress to where you want to be.
0: No, I have to agree hundred percent. Um, yeah, I mean, Airbnb may not be your thing uh, for anybody who's going to listen to this, but um, you know, real estate as a whole has made more millionaires than, than any other industry that I know. Um, yeah. Bitcoin might surpass that because there's going to be a lot of people with crypto. Um, but you know, it's it's a safe play long term. Um, you can buy real estate. One of the things we do now is we we created a, a program uh, with a guy named Jeff Seconder myself and another one of Ty Lopez's guys, Zach Ross, um, created a company called Credit BNB, and and we take 0% credit cards in the United States specifically. Um, and that means you don't pay any interest on a credit card for 12 months, but you can take the cash, liquidate that cash through sites like plastic.com or even PayPal at 2.9% mm. and turn that into cash that you can use to purchase property. You can find homeowners that want to sell their property and not even need to qualify for mortgages. They're called seller finance deals. And so that's where Airbnb is getting to, I think, for me. Um, we have the management. We have the marketing side of things. But owning these properties, but using none of my own cash and needing no hard money lenders, Yeah, who the heck doesn't want to own real estate? Who the heck doesn't want to pay off a property and be sitting on a quarter million dollar property and pay it off in five years? Because Airbnb afforded you the ability to do it. Like, it yeah. just makes
1: sense. Yeah, it's a really cool financial plan. And, and I think uh, what you're saying, Braden, you, you've mapped out your future as well. So like how have you got your whole life mapped out or is it like five, 10 years? Um, but obviously it's important, right. To have your life mapped out yeah. and to have a personal brand and, um, yeah. and a business that, you know, you probably wouldn't have seen this credit BNB opportunity five years ago, but now because you're in the game and you're stepping forward, these opportunities are presenting. Um, yeah. So yeah. How, how actively are you networking? So uh, a lot of people say your network is in net worth. Like, um, do you network with every single person you meet? Like the restaurant owner, the, the taxi driver, or do some, do you like, how do you like to network?
0: Um, my, actually my, my car helps me network and I don't, I don't blast it on my, my Instagram wall. Like that's not what I want people to be focused on. I want them to be focused on the actual anticipation of building a business. What is uh, your
1: car by the way? Cause I know it's your dream car. Yeah.
0: I, I bought a, I bought a Lamborghini for my birthday.
1: What make is it? Uh, sorry, model. Uh,
0: it's called a uh, Gallardo Superleggera, so it's like I
1: know the a one. <laughs>
0: model. I was gonna get like a 2019, but I wanted something different. So it's like got carbon fiber everywhere. It feels like a spaceship, and people love it. And so that get that when you talked about your view, that's what brings me joy. Is when I can stop, and anywhere I go, people want to take pictures. I let them sit in the car. I even let people drive the car. Like, I'm not that kind of guy, like, don't touch my stuff. Like, that's just stupid. (laughs) Um, No, it helps me because I have my little logo on the back window. And um, a majority of my following on Instagram, and I searched it last week, is actually in Calgary. That's my city. And so I was like, wow, like, I've never ran paid ads here in my city. I think one time I did, like 500 bucks, But it's just the – when you make organic connections, offline even – you'll find those people are more interested in your life because they actually met who that person was behind uh, whatever they watch every day. Cause we treat our cell phones like TV mm. and our TV is really the, the, the radio. At the
1: it's, the yeah, it's the highlights.
0: Yeah. It's yeah. So I think um, for me, I'm not saying don't do the online uh, marketing world. I found most of my success in Instagram stories, like not posting my Instagram or anything like that. But the stories cause people's attention spans like three seconds and mm you can catch someone's eye. Hey guys, uh, I'm going out for a run today. Anybody else want to join my challenge? Like just getting people enticed and that's where people's attention is focused. And, uh, TikTok's killing it because obviously a, the organic reach is awesome and it's, it's exhilarating. It's exciting. It's on demand and I can go to new people every second.
1: Yeah. It's cool. I do love TikTok. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, you've partnered with a bunch of different people, like you—you you just told me you've partnered with various people, like Jeff. I, I follow him as well; he's really cool. Yeah. And um, and Ty Lopez at one point. How do you know that these are good people to partner with? Because sometimes um, not everybody is is has good intentions or or yeah. believes in fair exchange. So how do you choose a good person? Because good, good business partner.
0: Well, we all have to learn the hard way. I mean, what, every once in a while, you'll find you, we have all been betrayed. One thing Ty yeah. Lopez taught me was. If you want to catch someone's attention, you're in a room and it's really awkward or you don't know what to talk about, bring up a story of a time that you were betrayed or somebody let you down. Because when you think back to a best friend or a business partner or somebody you thought was close, you trusted, at one point or another, we've all been betrayed. Yeah, And it is part of life. So for me, um, I didn't have any partners uh, for the first couple – like this is the first time that I really – dove in and actually, uh, really tried to build a a business business with somebody. It's, it's a marriage basically. Um, like it's, and how do you choose those people? Um, I test them. Like I I test people's knowledge. I test their personality. And how do I do that? Um, we, we go on a few dates. Like we, we, we don't just talk once a week. We have to talk every day and I want to know what you're doing. What are you doing outside of business? What's your family life look like? Because if your family life's falling apart, then your business is probably going to fall apart too. And so I want to know what, what where's your attention focused? Um, and so the, the person that I'm partnered with right now, Otis, um, A, he proved results to me prior. Um, I didn't actually partner officially on paper with him for several months because I wanted to see if that was a priority for him. Mm-hmm. If it was a priority for him, then maybe he just wanted me to use my name and get me on there. Uh, for leverage, but no, he wanted to actually show me that he could do the work, and he's done an excellent job. And Jeff Seconder, I have hundreds of people who've told me that he, all he does is great business. I went to San Diego and spoke at his mastermind last uh, December, yeah, and uh, met Jeff and Ravi in person, and uh, and I'm like, you know what, Jeff, you should come to my mastermind in Miami, and we just had like a little boot camp in January, and he came out. It wasn't anything big; it was like 15 people, very small. And that showed me that he was truly interested in my business and who I am as a person. Yeah. And so he's very straightforward, straight to the point. And we thought of that credit B and thing, literally standing on a dock uh, <laughs> in that mastermind in like two minutes and like this thing is going to work. So we've done it and it actually works. And, um, and yeah, I don't, I don't just want to partner with anybody. A lot of the time I would say now, um, is don't partner with what you can hire like what are they bringing to the table that you can't just outsource to somebody else for less?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a great tip. Great question to ask yourself. Yeah. Uh, so we've spoken about a lot of your successes and a lot of your wins, which has been incredible. And, and I'm sure a lot of people are learning a lot. I am for sure. Mm-hmm. What's uh, something like, I will not call it a mistake, but a, a great lesson that you've learned and uh, from, from maybe doing something wrong or um, yeah. screwing up somewhere that people can learn from.
0: Yeah. There's lots. Like there's, there's, What's a not, highlight? <laughs> there's lots. Like, yeah, it's not, business isn't pretty all the time, period. It's just not, um,
1: well, you said you were cleaning the Airbnbs yourself and I'm sure that wasn't, um, glamorous, but it, it was part of the job.
0: Yeah. You know, for me at the time I was trying to make five to eight grand a month was the goal consistently. Yeah. Um, so I was like, how the heck can I make five to eight grand a month? If I can save a thousand bucks a month in these cleaning fees, then that gives me extra money to put away to get another Airbnb. And so that was my thought process. But I realized the hour that I would spend or two hours that I'd spend on cleaning. If I had a business that I could actually make more money than, you know, 50 bucks or whatever they paid for cleaning, then it's not worth me cleaning anymore. So it took time to get to different levels. And I think once you get to a level, if you're like, my goal is to make 10 grand a month. You'll always find a way once you reach that 10 K a month to make 10 K a month, because you know how to do it now. If you want to get to 100k a month, it's not easy. (laughs) Like, I remember I cracked 100 grand a month last year for the first time, and I thought to myself, "I'm like, I wanted to grow up and be an engineer, be a doctor, be an accountant, something that made money. uh, But I, it was more important to me the money that I was making than the actual profession that I was doing. But that's because I had no experience in what life actually was. Mm. And so when I achieved that goal, it wasn't like, oh my god, I have to show off all this stuff that's not about it it was the fact that I couldn't believe what my parents and my all my friends told me was like oh this is definitely not possible like there's no way somebody could do that and then I got friends that 10x that 100x that and that's nothing to them yeah it's mind-blowing because I remember thinking making a thousand bucks a month was amazing coming out of high school and so it just levels to this game and uh I just find it fascinating like where you could take this whole business. And like, it doesn't matter what you're doing. You could sell potato peelers and still make a good living.
1: Like, yeah, yeah. I think really that's enough. important, but it's important to stick to one thing. Otherwise people get confused about who you are. Like you said, um, personal branding is really important before. So um, you didn't tell us about a key learning. What's what's a, what's a, what's a mistake that you've made that Sorry. you're willing I to got, share? Think, yeah. That's okay.
0: I, I, I like telling story. So my, my biggest mistake, um, I tried to go really big with Airbnb last year um and i did it with another partner at the time and he was a student and uh we wanted to create like some sort of like where i would rent the properties just like we said before but do it on a larger scale like i've heard of people renting like five thousand dollar a month houses but making 15 grand a month i'm like this is going to be awesome so i did exactly that we created a fund and uh we wanted people to invest in the fund so we had uh a, a ton of people not a ton actually i wouldn't say a ton we had a handful of people that came in and actually wanted to work with us. So they would invest, we would find a property, furnish it, manage it on Airbnb. <laughs> My voice cracked. <laughs> <laughs> My voice is super dry. I've been talking all day. I'm out of water. Um, so it on Airbnb. But the issue was, is that, um, we were using, uh, the properties in Miami. So we'd go after like these big houses and they were like 10 to 15, even up to 20 grand a month with the bills. And so, you know, you're paying for first month's rent, two security deposits usually on these big houses and furnishing. You're like 60 to 70 grand right off the bat. And then you're at 90 grand a month in bills ongoing with rent and all these other bills. So it's like, you don't make enough for rent. What are you going to do? Well, amateur mistake. You know what I mean? So I step in, we set all this up and it's last June, July. And and basically we didn't realize it was hurricane season. We didn't realize that in Miami. People aren't traveling to Miami uh, in those summer months from like May to November as much And November to uh, the end of April is like busy season, especially January and February. So we realized really quick that we weren't covering enough for all the bills and we were losing houses one after another.
1: So we ended
0: up getting eight houses down, seven houses there and one in Orlando near Disney. Um, And, uh, And that was a complete failed operation, um, just to completely put it out there. And I learned the hard way that why put yourself in a position of risk when I could just partner with these homeowners, not involve other people in my operation, because for me personally, I don't want to lose other people's money. I don't care if I lose my money, but if I lose other people's money, it feels worse. So I've done my best to try to help everybody out, um, that was involved. And you know what? We all learned. We even said, you know what? It was a big learning curve. It was a mistake. We all fucked up and uh, and we're moving on. And so B&B Concierge was born from the premise of what I did wrong. And Otis and I basically created the company that way to not have to rent or buy these properties. And so my biggest failure to date is that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's an incredible learning. And and from it has been born this new incredible business. And um, yeah. you wouldn't have created that if you hadn't learned. So It's a, it's, it's a lesson more than a a mistake. Well, for, um, for one question, I like to flip it, Brayden. So, um, so where you ask me a question, um, it can be about business and a lot of people ask me about my why, um, we can diverge from that for a different, um, you know, context, but what, what's the question you have for me?
0: Um, I would say like, I know what your goal is with trillions to interview trillion dollars worth of people coming on here. Um, but I don't know if you recently seen like Joe Rogan in Spotify, hundred million dollar deal.
1: No, I didn't know that.
0: Yeah. So Joe Rogan sold these on the podcast only on Spotify. It paid him a hundred million dollars. And so that was two days ago. Crazy. So would you sell your podcast if it got to that level? Or are you doing this just because you love doing it? What's the goal for you?
1: So he sold. Wait, he sold the podcast to Spotify. Oh, he's
0: doing it. It's just exclusive with Spotify. So, so he doesn't. He he's, he's
1: not an Apple anymore.
0: No, he can't be.
1: But he was, wasn't he? Yeah. Interesting. Would I sell it for 100 million um, exclusively? I would. Um, I would consider it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I I do this to to help other people at the moment, and I don't have a monet, like a monetization goal. Um, which is interesting because it's it's one of the first times that I haven't had a monetization plan or goal, and and uh, opportunities are coming my way. So that's really interesting. Um, mm-hmm. But it, if I got it to a point and, and I was consistent with it, and I got to a point where somebody approached me and offered me money, I would I would definitely consider it, for yeah. sure. I think a um, hundred million is, is a life changing number, and um, and if you've been doing something for free for all these years, then it, it's like it's it's kind of like back paying you which I think some, um, totally. I think it's cool.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I I'd definitely agree. consider it. Um, and I'm pretty sure I got my facts straight about what I just told you, but you can double check, but it was a hundred million dollar deal with Spotify. And I seen that and I was like, holy cow.
1: Yeah, I think that um, at the moment, my podcast is, is a bit of a passion project um, or yeah, just a project that I'm really enjoying um, and a lot of people are benefiting from and I'm getting lots of feedback, which is cool. meeting incredible people like yourself and connecting all around the world with a purpose like it's a it's a bit more of a win-win than hey Braden let's just have a chat like why don't we record the chat and then people can learn from it um but um yeah I think that when you're bringing massive amounts of value like Joe Rogan then and a company like Spotify is offering him money he's obviously created so much value that Spotify sees that and they've put a dollar figure on it and I think that's great he's been Mm -hmm. rewarded for his for his hard work so that's that's cool
0: No, yeah. I'm just curious because I, want, I, I just wanted to know your end goal. Like what's your goal out of all of this?
1: Well, I don't have a monetization goal for trillions, but for me personally, um, I am writing a book, Brayden. I've had like a lot of experiences in my life. I'm, I'm 30, so a little older than you. I've had, um, but from like from from my early, uh, like well, my early life, really, like yeah. I, I've experienced a lot of things I believe are uh, interesting well, I don't personally believe they're super interesting, but my partner's like, holy hell, you've done so much in a short period of time. Like I've had 50 plus jobs. I've lived in Shanghai, China and taught English to two-year-olds without a teaching background. Um, I, um, yeah, I played like semi-pro soccer for 12 years and all just all different things. And um, I've dated men, I've dated women and been in love both times. So I think it's an interesting um, life that I've lived and I don't, I'm not and I've had other you know like abusive things happen to me as well. So I think that the the fact that I've lived and I've got through that and'm I'm, I'm still like I don't feel like I'm a victim of circumstance, can really empower other people. like Molly's game, I recently watched that, and it was just so touching to me because she um, she built something and she left that experience with integrity and and refused to rat on yeah. people to to for her own benefit. And yeah. I really respect her for that. And I think that what she built was really cool. She took a lot of risks, man. Like mafia at a poker table, that's that's yeah. um that's ballsy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. So I I think that by sharing stories, um, which is, you know, what we did before we had internet, like when we're living off the land, um, as monkeys, and you know, sharing stories is a really empowering way of helping other people, um, picture themselves in your shoes and then say hey if she can get through it or your braiding can get through it then I can get through it too and um and just you know knowing that you're impacting lives is like we said before the podcast it's one of the most rewarding things like making money and upgrading your lifestyle it's cool but the more rewarding thing is doing that for yourself and uh and showing the journey and then other people going wow I can do it too so um that's that's what my journey is about at the moment
0: that's awesome. I mean, 30, 30s, 30s young. I have older brothers, 35, two of them, yeah. you know, and, uh, that's not a lot of time to do all that, um, which is fantastic. Um, so I commend you for that.
1: Thanks. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. So, Um, let's, the last question i like to ask us is what's your legacy? Like, what, what do you want to leave when you're gone Brayden?"
0: Hmm. Yeah. Um, like that's, that's, that's a hard question to answer at 25 and I get everybody, needs aspirations i think like a lot of people and a lot of entrepreneurs as a a goal collectively um, is to change the way we educate ourselves like as an entrepreneur i would consider myself what's called an autodidact like a self-taught learner um and i like teaching myself everything like through youtube and google honestly that will teach you youtube university is amazing (laughs) yeah my normal university i went to that's amazing Um, You can learn anything you want. Go to page one to a hundred. It doesn't matter. Not everything's on page one.
1: I just want to interject that too. Sorry. There's people on YouTube that have taught me incredible things who have like a thousand subscribers or 10,000 subscribers. So to anyone listening who wants to go on YouTube and teach, do it because you're probably helping us learn stuff. It doesn't. Yeah. You can probably relate, man. You've seen some awesome tutorials from people who don't have many subs.
0: It's, it's true. And I, honestly, um, I'd rather watch the guy with a thousand subscribers than the guy with a million, because everybody knows that information with the guy at the million.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So no, I, uh, I love YouTube and it, and it's funny. My university teacher asked me, uh, when we were doing finals, I was like, "Abraham, I noticed you never bought, t- I never bought textbooks in university. Not once yeah. ever. I hated doing homework in high school too. That was a long time ago now, but still, yeah. um, they're like, what do you do to learn? I'm like YouTube like everything you're teaching me is on YouTube, but I can fast forward and replay want it. I can do whatever I want. Yeah. I don't have to read a book. I just get so bored uh, looking at these textbooks. And I think what people want is the, and I think this is where the world's going is augmented reality, virtual reality training. Uh, you look at Elon Musk with Neuralink talking about with Joe Rogan, how you can inst- drill two holes in somebody's head, put these like rods in there and make a person think like a computer. Is it scary? Yes. Um, <laughs> But I think the world is going to a point where this is thinking more for me than I am thinking for it. Yeah. And um, I want to be able to just make my impact, not just in realist. I don't want to just be known for that. Um, but if I can utilize the platforms, like I'm sure a lot of other people, if I can utilize a lot of the platforms that people are using, like Instagram and TikTok, uh, to get a message across that isn't just so – out there meaning like i'm not teaching people how to go buy property uh with a mortgage like i'm just not i want people to look the other way i want you to be 16 years old and be a real estate investor like it's possible and so what was once like let's buy a home and live here for 30 years get married and have kids and die is now like let's travel the world let's rent our cars now because we're tired of yeah we don't want everything to be the same anymore we want to move around yeah so From 25 to 30 to 35, I think we're all like in that age demographic. We're in the most exciting time in history right now. And this transition between technology—if we look at like Moore's law—it doesn't even work anymore because technology moves so quickly that we yeah. can't even keep up with what's coming out. So my goal, my legacy, is just to help people. Um, and I'm—that's so cliche—help people, um, but educate people um, with modern technology and help them understand that. Uh, being self-taught learners and moving away from the traditional education system is okay. As long as you're putting in the work and you're actually doing something with what you're learning. And you know, 99% of people just won't and that's fine. But at the same time, I think there needs to be more of a movement that I'd like to be a part of that says it's okay if you know, you're a high school drop. I'm not saying don't go to high school, but if you're a high school dropout and you want to grow a business and be successful with it. Yeah, Bobby Castro is one of them. So a guy I met on Instagram. He's a billionaire. He sold his company for ten figures. Um, he he's he's a high school. I think he dropped out in like grade nine. I <laughs> awesome. He's got I think there's hands.
1: benefit in that man because in high school you're tra- you're taught that if you can memorize and recite answers, the answers that they want you to memorize, then then you win. But if you question that, then you're the outcast. But I actually think the outcast and questioning things is is what we need more of. Uh, because that's how innovation and, and new ideas are created and new platforms are created. Um, if we didn't have people thinking outside the box or um, daring to to bring a concept of a mobile phone out of their brain and in, into physical matter that we carry on in our pockets every day, then um, yeah. lives wouldn't be changed. And, and, you know, as cliche as you said, teaching other people and helping people, it's super cliche, but it's one of the most rewarding things. Even just yeah. helping an old lady open a door. It just feels so good helping somebody else. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think that's an amazing legacy. I think that's a great note to end on. So, um, yeah, thank you so much for being on the podcast, Brayden. For anybody who wants to connect with Brayden, his contact details will be in the description below if you're on YouTube or um, Spotify, Apple, all of those. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, you're more than happy to have them reach out to you. So, pull the is. descriptions in the link below. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Brayden. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in with me as your host, Elise Grace. Do me a favor and drop me a review on iTunes or if you're watching on YouTube, please like and subscribe. I would love to know what you guys think of the podcast. It helps me keep creating killer content just like this. If you want to stay up to date with all my movements, please check me out on social media at Elise Grace.